quarter to three movie podcast for Solo, a Star Wars story. <coughs> My name is Tom Chick. I'm here with Christian Murlowski. It's Christian Murlowski, but it's okay. And with a Solo tagline or two, Kelly Wand. Afterwards, George Lucas leans over to me and goes, Jesus, who wrote this shit? <laughs> That's a little long for a tagline, Kelly Wand. Do you have something that might fit on a poster? So low on my ranking of Star Wars films, Jar Jar was waving down at me. <laughs> Do you have something that's not quite such low-hanging fruit? This was an actual banner on Rotten Tomatoes, for real, and it may actually still be on it. Solo is the best Star Wars movie since Last Jedi! Exclamation. <laughs> it actually said that. For but real. you stole that one. Do you have a Do you have a final one that you actually wrote that you didn't plagiarize from Rotten Tomatoes? I hope Dingus liked it. <laughs> is that, your, that would be a, quite the tagline. We're going to yeah. find out in just a moment. <laughs> but Dingus, first tell us a little bit about what Solo is. Spoiler free, because there might be people <laughs> listening who haven't seen it yet. <laughs> All right. Well, this week we saw Solo colon a Star Wars story. What's Solo colon a Star Wars story? No snarks. Whatever you're doing. Nerf. A 2018 action adventure sci-fi prequel slash sequel Star Wars movie about providing information we didn't need. It was directed by Ron Howard and written by Jonathan Kasdan and Lawrence Kasdan, based on characters created by George Lucas. It stars Alden Ehrenreich, Eunice Suetomo, Amelia Clark, Donald Glover, Fandy Newton, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Solo, colon, A Star Wars Story is rated PG-13, for sequences of sci-fi action slash violence. Kelly, Wand, is there anything else that it should be rated PG-13 for? You should only be allowed admission if this is your first and last Star Wars movie. <laughs> it's the only one that's canon. Uh, on, on CinemaScore, by the way, this movie ranked the same as all three of the prequels. <laughs> a minus like all movies are supposed to get an a unfortunately solo is the first non-prequel star wars movie to get an a minus so it's got that going for it Wait, uh, right it's all got a's phantom menace got an a of course everything gets an a you know how cinema score works except solo except solo yeah and the prequels the prequels all got a minuses as well uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, the percentage of reviews that are positive, 70% of all the reviewers eventually gave it a thumbs up. Now, so Metacritic, which is the average rating from various reviews, that comes in at 63 out of 100. <laughs> it opened at number one with $83 million, which is well below what the studio was hoping for. It's, it basically made half of what Rogue One made and a third of what the last two – uh, main Star Wars is made in, in its opening weekend. Now, we'll see. This might have uh, a groundswell of support over the coming weeks. People might flock to see it, and it'll make tons of money, and it could be one of the highest grossing Star Wars movies of all time. We don't know for sure. But opening weekend, op opening weekend was kind of disappointing. Hmm. Kelly Wand, 
I need you to give this movie another pass. We had uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller working on it. Then right. it got turned over to, to Ron Howard. Mm-hmm. I want to know, what if it had been turned over to you? Just give me a synopsis of what Solo should have been like. That may not be what you've done, actually. <laughs> so how about a synopsis of what Solo actually was? Wait, what didn't I do? <laughs> I was setting you up as if you were going to give us a synopsis of what Solo – of what it would have been like if you had done it. But I don't oh. want to put you on the spot there. So instead, I'm just going to have you give us a synopsis of Solo as you saw it. Actually, if they'd said, hey, do you want to make Solo a Star Wars story, I probably would have turned this in. Oh, good. Well, okay. Well, then let's okay, also that, think of it as that. Yeah. So – I'm just missing the money they would have paid me. And that's not really the important part, is it? That's, of course. Who cares about that? About, yeah. right. It's just the prestige. And the creative integrity, of course. <sighs> All right, so Kelly Wand, what would you call it if you were to give me a synopsis of this thing? Solopsis. A star wops opsis. I mean, what do you think it would be called? <laughs> well, I wonder, would there be a crawl or would they just be title cards? There's no crawl at the beginning of the movie. There's no I, crawl in these they, side movies, yeah. Or is there? There, there? Well, there were title cards for. They needed title cards for this one that they didn't have for Rogue One. Mm. So yeah, they, they had to catch true. up on something. They were like, but yeah, they we didn't gotta, do the yellow screen. Right. But they, they were like, yeah, we got to tell you this stuff before we start. Rogue One, we could just start you just blank, tabula rasa, not this movie. We got to lay some groundwork. It's also interesting they don't do the Star Wars thing where it says Star Wars and zooms out. Well, because it's not Star Wars, Kelly. It's a Star Wars story. And therefore not Star Wars. <laughs> Got it. Makes sense now that you've explained it. No, because there's Star Wars, which is Last yeah. Jedi, all the, uh, and then there are Star Wars stories like this in Rogue One. You see, it's branding, Kelly Wand. Come on, this is Disney we're talking about. Star Wars isn't a story? No, it's just Star Wars. But this is a story. Just yep, to clarify. Is, well, it's not just a story. It's a Star Wars story, Kelly Wand. That's true. Or is that a qualifying – is it less than a story then? Like it's not a story. It's a Star Wars story. Well, so. I think that that would be a spoiler about how we feel about the movie. So we'll get into that I'm just after, trying to get in their heads. I'm trying to learn synopsis. studio notes. I'm right. trying to be a better whatever I am. Well, let's Kelly. See. All right. Well, let's see what kind of Kelly you are first by hearing oh. the Solopsis, Staropsis, Wopsis. I don't think this is about me, Tom. <laughs> Maybe it will be. I don't know. It definitely felt like Solopsis, a Star Wops Opsis. The Lucasfilm logo is all, uh, some words are all once upon a long, long, far, far. Some blue star words are all. <laughs> yeah, see, it's not about me. Blue Star Wars are all, unless you count the cops and Imperials that will be chasing Han through much of the following scene, it is a lawless time in the galaxy. <laughs> Criminal syndicates compete for food and medicine. I stand up, scream, wave farewell to the piece of me that just died in stock for the exit. Some ushers tackle me, freeze me in carbonite, and wheel my frozen screaming face back into the theater and slam <laughs> it down so it's facing the screen. <laughs> A new actor calling himself Han Solo drives a land speeder through some CG. His dice hang from his rearview mirror. I mean chance cubes. My audience cheers excitedly. Some Star Wars cops, which apparently exist, chasing him are all, Uh, cops to dispatch. Han Solo just killed 30 pedestrians and spray-painted dicks all over the Jedi Temple. Over! Han smirks at us. 
a droid by a toll booth saw, please don't decapitate my... His head falls off. The head's all, <laughs> protocol. Eventually, Han drives past. Han drives up to a poorly lit soundstage where Daenerys is standing. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> oh. They, I can't believe they shot the scene on Earth. It looks so amazing. Since Star Wars is a more colorful mythos than Thrones, I think her hair in this is brunette. <laughs> Beside me, Jake Lloyd shakes his head in disgust and goes, <laughs> Amelia Clark, ugh, the Ted McGinley of sci fi. <laughs> Han gets out of his car, holds up a piece of cardboard, and goes, Ha-ha! Don't worry, Amelia. I stole enough midichlorians here to pay back uh, Linda Hunt's uh, gangster character, uh, approximately Centauri, and uh, get us off my dumbass home planet, Corellia, and somewhere awesome like Dagobah. Amelia's all, Linda Hunt's a gangster in this? What is she? Half as tall as Yoda? I'm 5'2". Oh, Han, whenever I think Han Solo, all I can see is your face. But I pretend it's Ansel Elgort's. <laughs> <laughs> He's all, if only it were so. So It's going to be easy. Some stormtrooper cops come up to his driver's side window and go, Hey, have either of you seen Han Solo drive by here? He's all, yup. He grins at us. The stormtroopers are all, fuck, storm off, shaking their fists. Beside me, Dingus stands up, pumps his fist, and goes, (laughs) (laughs) You're the Wookiee. Yeah, I speak some of that. I speak some of that. Yeah. I I listen to things you say. I smile at Tom and go, aw, he thinks he's people. Han and Daenerys drive around. Suddenly, some more cops chase them. Han's all, hang on, I'm about to invent my signature piloting move. He jerks his joystick to the left. The speeder banks sideways between two buildings. Then it gets stuck. I guess Corellian building walls aren't straight, and Han forgot. He's all, Daenerys, guess I'm in love with you. Speaking of, I'll be rebooting both What Lies Beneath and Mosquito Coast this July. (laughs) (laughs) Hollywood homicide uh, in time for Christmas, so... Just to a partner, it's still got it. <laughs> so you keep up with me. Daenerys is all, by the way, my character's name is Jira. <laughs> Han's all, shh. Hey, I had a cool plot idea. Fuck paying Linda Hunt back. Let's just use these midichlorians to bribe the Empire into letting us both become stormtroopers. Have you seen that armor? It's pretty protective, dude. It doesn't bloodstain easily. She's all, by the way, my character's name is Jira. (laughs) Suddenly, an interrogation droid leads in their speeder's window and goes, you're under arrest for impersonating a beloved Han Smirks. The droid explodes. (laughs) Han and Jira drive to a starport while Star Wars music plays, and they talk about their stupid lives. 
Finally, they get out, walk up to a counter with another brunette behind it wearing Empire Gray. <laughs> She's all, and how many bags are you checking? Han glances back nervously as some airport canine cop units come in with Wookiees sniffing everybody's luggage. He's all, <laughs> uh, just Daenerys here. I mean, Jira. God, we're in love. I predict her character's name will be coming up a lot throughout the rest of my life. Clark's character. Really love. She's important to me. Also, I'd like to book passage with this. He raises a piece of cardboard. She's all cardboard. He's all, no, sorry. These are just midichlorians. She's all, ugh. I mean, okay, just put him in the slot there. Then you guys can go through this door CG. <laughs> in that order. He's all, I wasn't born yesterday. You let us in, then I pay you. That's how buying tickets works on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> A cop walks up as his Wookiee sniffs Han's crotch and starts dry heaving. He's all, have you two seen a guy in a girl character with a piece of cardboard? Han's all, yep. Okay, Empire Lady, here's your card mid-Boreans. Now I'll walk through. Whoa, hang on, Daenerys. Don't try to go through the gate the same time as me. I'm a man. It's rude. God. Here, you wait till I'm all the way through, then stare lovingly at me a few seconds, then you come through. Ah, not yet. <laughs> By the way, I really like this imperial ticket counter lady. She's all, Daenerys, no! The door shut between us. Where are you taking her? Oh, I'm in love with you. Bye. <laughs> Fuck. Well, well played, imperial ticket lady. <laughs> fact, this experience has inspired me to join your organization long term. <laughs> really like how you just treated my girlfriend. I'd like to spend the next three years of my life serving you. She's all, that desk over there, the one with General Veers sitting behind it. Han walks over to a podium that says General Veers recruiting. He's all, hi. I'd like to be an Imperial pilot. <laughs> I don't know if you just saw what happened to my girlfriend, but uh, I'm a pretty slick pilot. You see the way I got through those doors? She wasn't going to let either of us through. I called her to the sideways. Never mind. You know what? Those TIE fighters look pretty robust. Fears <laughs> is all. Most enlistees want to be stormtroopers, but very well. Name. The film pauses while I lean over to George Lucas and go, by the way, having Vader making and naming C-3PO in the prequels was the absolute dumbest retcon Star Wars mythos history. There's literally nothing stupider that I could imagine. <laughs> Beside me, Affleck and Superman are all, Martha. <laughs> Vin Diesel's all, family? <laughs> Mark Rylance is all, would it help? <laughs> I'm all, uh, I said Star Wars idiots. Star Wars-wise, even I can't imagine anything in my lifetime ever overtaking Vader C-3PO as the dumbest character-naming retcon fiasco ever. <laughs> ever, 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 ever. It's so stupid. 
It's the gold medal. It will never, not even if Disney put their top men on it in a non-Raiders way. So as hostile as I am right now to this entire viewing experience, I admit that. At least I know there's a maximum threshold for nausea and outrage. Childhood rape, if you will, they can't ever be exceeded. So you know what? Yay for Disney. I'm glad this is happening to me. General Veer squints Snape-like down at Han and goes, Name? Han's all, oh, shit. I didn't think surnames would come up filling out military paperwork. <laughs> um, I have no ID for some reason, not even fake ID, so you'll just have to take my word on everything. But my first name's Han, or Han, if you're black, or Lucas. Yours is all. And your character's last name? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that's going to be a problem. I don't have a last name. Or family, I guess. <laughs> there, there, don't worry. The Empire is always sympathetic. Hmm, so you're all alone in this scene, except for me and all these extras, eh? Hmm. <laughs> then henceforth, your character's full name shall be Han Solo. <laughs> a Star Wars story. <laughs> John Williams is the Imperial March plays. A dad leans over to his kid in front of me and goes... See, Braxton, that's how Han Solo got his name. That's Star Wars canon now. Do you know what a canon is? He tousles his hair affectionately. The kid's all, wait, who were his parents? The dad's all, fuck off, Braxton. Beers is all. <laughs> Although that last name will be dumb if you wind up getting a sidekick. Some words are all. Some words are all, for three years, nothing happens, except that Han Solo fights for the Empire. Who wants to see that? So here's a train robbery. (laughs) (laughs) Although Han signed up to be a pilot, for some reason we only see him as part of a land army of infantry. (laughs) He stands in a crowded trench while a young Admiral Ozzel is all, Damn! I really thought we were going to win that fight. Fuck! Oh, those new those snow Ewoks really pack a mean snowball. And those hot water Ewoks shrink my uniform. Is it just me or do we lose every battle but somehow keep getting more powerful? Hans all. Maybe those Ewoks are right to murder us. We're the occupiers. Boo, Empire. <laughs> Admiral Ozzel sucks. Go, enemies. <laughs> Kill us all. Yeah. <laughs> Ozzel quivers and goes, you have hurt my feelings. See, you forget it. He runs off but trips and falls. None of the other soldiers have any lines or opinions on what Han said. So Han's all, all right, come on, extras. Let's storm the, um, you know, and runs off alone in no man's land while they all watch in silence. <laughs> Some CG fights itself till Han runs into a trench where he overhears, okay, I'm Captain Harrelson. Looks like we got Sandy here, forearm booger man, and my female droid record player head. <laughs> the droids all. Droids have been treated as disposable, ill-fated CG characters for too long, and it has to end. 
Gerwig with an afro and a sailor suit leans over to me and goes, that character seems a little one note. Han's about to spurt when suddenly some of his fellow soldiers walk up giggling and then haze him by chaining him to a pole and dropping him down into a pit with mud in it. One's all, ha ha, nothing in that pit strong enough to break this pole except one of its occupants. <laughs> his friend's all, he hasn't eaten in three days. Han, I mean. They high five. Han chokes out some mud and hears a Wookiee growl. In front of me, Ron Howard holds up his cell phone and goes, Guys, I just read about this new invention. It sounds amazing. It's called the Telegraph. Chewbacca comes on screen with a little poo on him and starts beating the shit out of Han. Implausibly, Han, with one foot chain, holds his own against Chewbacca in hand-to-hand for at least two minutes of screen time. Then, out of the blue, Han goes, Some subtitles are all, I am a pencil. In front of me, Braxton looks over at his dad and goes, Wait, what? Han can speak Wookiee? That's new. Who taught him? I always thought he understood it, but obviously couldn't speak it because he has human vocal cords. The dad scowls, gets up, and moves away. (laughs) Beside me, Luke Skywalker looks over at R2-D2 and goes... On screen, Hans all Some subtitles are all Welcome to the opening ten minutes of the Star Wars Christmas special I mean, let's escape imprisonment by staging a fake fight That way when I do it with Luke on the Death Star and New Hope All the kids who watch this first will go Ugh, New Hope's so derivative Wait, in that, putting cuffs on you was Luke's idea. This whole part's fucking retarded. What's your name, by the way? (laughs) The subtitles are all, I can't pronounce my own name, obviously, but it's Chewbacca, which sounds nothing like anything I just uttered. (laughs) Hans all in English. Chewbacca? Three syllables? Fuck that shit. I better give you a nickname, just like the Empire Recruiting Office did with me. Hmm. Nickname. Nickname. I wonder how you taste. A couple minutes later. Hey, Gary, now they're not even fighting. They're just using screwdrivers to unscrew this grating we're sitting on while we watch them do it. We're the crack troops of the biggest... I mean, you think maybe we should get up and move off of this? Wah! <laughs> few parsecs later by a campfire. So instead of fighting the Star Wars, I say we rob a train of its cargo of coaxial in some snow. Never seen that climate in a Star Wars moving picture. Sandy Newton's all. Wait, so I'm not a robot in this. Kellen Lutz is all. By the way, I'm playing uh, Sonny Corleone in the uh, Disney Godfather reboot next month. So... <laughs> Hans all, uh, Mr. Harrelson, Dr. Lutz, I'm Seaman Han Solo, the inventor of making vehicles go sideways. Familiar? No? And this is my prisoner of war, Bukaka. <laughs> Based on his spore, I call him Chunky. He hates it. Hey, I heard you're robbing coaxial off a train, and I want in. All right, here, I made you a gun by twisting the scope onto the matchingly shaped hole in this gun barrel. Hans all, aw. 
I'll use this weapon forever and never squint through the scope once. Your job tomorrow will be protecting Thandy and Foron Boogerman here and making sure the train don't crash. Some blue letters are all. The next day, same galaxy. A bunch of CG on a train happens. Thandy, get down. You can't hide from laser bolts behind a lamppost. No. <laughs> She's dead. <laughs> You're welcome, black female audience members. Toron Booger Monster, how you doing? <laughs> the booger guy points three of his arms in different directions and goes, Look, guys, Marauders, uh, a.k.a. Pirates. <laughs> Marauders is a pretty $3 word. I felt the need to uh, clarify. Oh. He dies. Damn, they shot him in the arm. Well, at least we still have a 9 in 10 chance of pulling off this train heist. Hansall. Never tell me the odds. He pulls left on his joystick, I guess, to try and make the train go sideways into the tunnel. Instead, it crashes and explodes, and the mountain yawns CG at us. Some Star Wars music plays. Harrelson sighs glumly as Han walks up, going, Woo! Sometimes I even surprise myself. Looks like I just turned that dumbass train from a big dark blur into a big light blur. <laughs> and I thought it smelled bad on the outside. Woo! You idiot, you just killed hundreds of passengers, including Greedo's children and grandmother. And we wanted to steal the coaxial that the train was carrying. Because I owe it to a character I forgot to mention till now. Paul Bettany's gangster, Flamp Chanters. <laughs> Head of the Red Stink Gang. Boring conversation, anyway. Well, don't worry. I'll go visit him with you and try to come up with some dumb, impossible plan right before he executes us. Besides, at least I ditched Chunky. Kind of the main reason I blew up that train, to be honest. (laughs) Fucking idiot. Ten space hours later. Mr. Bettany will be right with you as soon as he's done stabbing a governor. Daenerys? Hey, it's me, Han. (laughs) Oh, it's crazy. This is good writing. Hey, guess what some uh <laughs> Kelly's man. Hey, guess what some Empire recruiting guy decided that your last name will be if we get married. Han, me character's not written the same way anymore. <laughs> yeah, um uh yeah. <laughs> Jira. Right. Got it. Um, yeah. Is that placeholder? Wait, say it again. Jira. With an apostrophe. It's silent. I mean, it used to be just apostrophe, but I spiced it up. Get it, Kessel. Oh, Han, if you'd stayed with me that day, they would have killed you. So not a day goes by without me wishing you had stayed. <laughs> yeah, I miss you occasionally too, Amelia. But I got a new dog named Chunky. Speaking of which, good news. I'm here with Woody Harrelson to talk Paul Bettany out of killing us. Or at least me. Paul Bettany? My character might be having sex with his. It's a bit unclear. (laughs) Oh, cool. And while you're in him, you can put in a good word for me. Ten parsecs later. You lost the coaxial? Gods, kill these idiots at once! Easy, Amelia. I'll handle this. Uh, (laughs) Paul Bettany speaking. (laughs) That's what I would say. (laughs) 
By the way, up until a couple seconds ago, Kelly thought I was the voice of the black robot in Rogue One. (laughs) (laughs) I'm all. I also get Legion and Priest mixed up with both each other and Name of the Rose. Han Solo's all. Hmm, my characterization in this just gave me an idea. What if the coaxial's unrefined? Steel, unrefined, coaxial? But that would mean doing the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. In front of me, Braxton's all. Wait, coaxial's now a spice? I thought it was a hyperfuel. From the back, his dad's all, shut up, fool! <laughs> Damn kids. Not enough that you ruined Justice League for me. <laughs> hmm, Kessile, you'd better take Daenerys here with you. She's five foot two and has no piloting skills, but I just want some me time. Kira! You also need a fast ship, which I guess, despite my vast wealth and connections, is something... <laughs> I can't do anymore. I mean, which I guess, despite my vast wealth and connections, is something beyond my ability to acquire. <laughs> that was more than waiting for. <sighs> On Solo's all fast ship. Just find me a deck of cards and a black eye. Later. I'm Lando Calrissian, pansexual like Deadpool, uh, off screen like Deadpool. I notice everyone calls you Han, so I'll call you Han. Your last name I'll pronounce Salah. <laughs> I'm all in. Yeah, I haven't dealt the cards yet. This Garrett game is called Sabak, although I pronounce it Sabak. Since we went to the trouble of explaining earlier what marauders are, or as I call them, marauders, perhaps be more immersive if I at least explain the very basic rules of this game. So the audience, or as I call them, audience, feel a little suspense so they understand what's going on. It's a very iconic moment. If no rules of the game. No, just deal. All in. <laughs> that was just the first card. You get four more cards. Lando Calrissian. No, I don't need four more. I'll just play the one. <laughs> I like you, smuggler. Tricky. You sure? Oh, one second. I got, I got to sneeze into my sleeve here. Notice I didn't say Achu, because I'm black, <laughs> not block. <laughs> uh, hey, you have one of your cheat cards from your sleeve uh, stuck in your mustache there? No worries, I call and raise. And just to make it interesting, I'll throw in my ship. A full lowercase and sometimes Y-wing. The crowd's all, ooh. Oh, yeah, honky? Well, I'll call your wife. And I'll raise you my ship, the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> oh, Falcon? That's what I'm going to call it. Millennium Falcon. I call and raise. Read it and weep. Uncle Owen and Tantee before at Death Star 2 with Brainiac and Figrin Dan. Cylon! He starts to rake in all the chips. Not so fast, hand. I got Zuckus. And four long and mist hunter, and four restraining bolts, 
the crowd's all, this game's nerdy. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Well, from now on, I'm calling you Londo. (laughs) On storms off crying as Lando laughs and looks cool and smokes weed off screen. (laughs) Daenerys is all, well, I guess you suck and we have no shit. And Betty's going to kill you. Jira! (laughs) (laughs) Some blue Star Wars words are all, later... Lando sits annoyed between Han, Harrelson, and record player head in the Falcon's cockpit. He's all, I don't get it. I won the card game. Now I have to go on a suicide mission with you in my ship, and you're flying it. It's a white man's galaxy. Han smirks. Am I at least in the new trilogy? Uh, well, it's Disney, and you didn't do much in the original movies except betray me, so... You said I blew up the second Death Star. Yeah, thanks to me. You get captured by stormtroopers. Ewoks bail you out. Well, anyway, the new ones have a new black guy. I think his name is uh, Jonkers. Fan favorite. What's he do? Uh, he hits on the heroine unsuccessfully, um, washes out as a stormtrooper, and then a fat Asian girl crashes into his ship. <laughs> yeah. He's usually injured. <laughs> signature move in the new trilogy. Fan favorite. Can't wait to see what he breaks in episode nine. Lando sighs. Checkmate, Chewbacca. You lose again. <laughs> Braxton's dad pets his chihuahua and goes, See, Cranston? Chewbacca sucks at games of logic. That's why he's only co-pilot. Braxton's all. You went home just to get the dog? At least he wasn't in an accident. Back in the cockpit, Daenerys stays out with record player head. Jira! I mean, I used to have sex with Han Solo. Or I still do. It's a bit unclear. That's the fun. The audience doesn't know what I'm thinking. What's she gonna do? She's not in the other movies. But maybe her brain's put into R5-D4. We don't know. <laughs> Record player heads all. Yeah, Lando and I are fucking, maybe. clear <laughs> too. But when we're alone, he makes me talk like Anthony Daniels. <laughs> But where's he put his, uh... She demonstrates by picking up a lightsaber in a Death Star trench. Braxton's dad's off. You'll get these jokes later. <laughs> <laughs> later, on Planet Coaxial. My name's Record Player Head. Droids of the Galaxy Unite. Hashtag Me Too D2. I'm not just some appliance that gets blown apart and says, Roger, Roger. I have a soul and a serrated... Uh, you know, vaginal the panel hinge thing. She opens her head, puts on a record, and starts playing I Am Woman, Hear Me Roar, then Domo Arigato. She dances till someone shoots her. The other characters sigh, leave her there, and continue on to Kessel. When Braxton's dad shakes me awake, Han's flying the Falcon through some poorly lit tentacle CG. (laughs) (laughs) No one even translates it. They got me pretty good, Han. Don't know if my mustache is going to make it. By the way, whenever you say, don't get cocky, I hear it as, don't get khaki. <laughs> hey, everybody, it's me, Jira. <laughs> I sure did a lot in that battle. 
Han, look out! The giant crevice is closing. We'll never make it. No ship's ever gone through a crevice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah? I think you're forgetting uh, that trick I invented in Act 1 with that land speeder. Ah, and in bed that one night. Go inside, please. Too soon. Lando's all sideways. A spaceship. Bro, no one's ever done that before. Everybody knows space is just up and down. <laughs> I call it up and down. Hans all. It's not the years, honey. It's the mileage. <laughs> he rams the sideways switch forward. The speck that I guess is the Millennium Falcon flies off screen while Star Wars music plays. <laughs> Eventually, the crevice shuts. Later, in Paul Bettany's couch room, Okay, Mr. Bettany, uh, here's your coaxial. See, Kelly, it's spice. It comes in these spice racks. <laughs> Harrelson walks in and goes, By the way, I'm a traitor, so all that coax right there is fake. Anzal, I had a feeling you were evil in this, so now it's real. <laughs> right. Bettany's all, gods, kill Han Solo. What the? He's hiding behind a couch. Our lasers have no answer to that. Lasers versus a couch, and there's only 40 of us. Daenerys is all, by the way, I'm a traitor. Jira. (laughs) She stabs Bettany, then grabs Han and goes, get out of here. I'll lock myself in this room and make a phone call. Wait, what? You kill the bad guy and I just run away and you live? Uh, I thought this was called Solo. Ring, ring. Uh, hello, Darth Maul speaking. Uh, kind of in the bathroom. <laughs> Fucking cloak. Fuck. Darth Maul, it's me. Your girlfriend is something. Sierra. Good news, I locked myself in a room. So much for the force not being in this, by the way. Good news, I locked myself in a room after stabbing Paul Bettany. Our plan worked. Perfect plan. Just like we wanted. I locked myself in a room just like we wanted. Our plan worked. I killed my boss. Our plan worked. Yeah. One second. Hold on, I said go. Oh, I thought you were talking to... Okay, bye. Darth Maul, it's still there. It's still me. Yeah. Uh, mm, my shit came out in two halves. I wonder if that's some kind of own. I mean, uh, good work. As long as you keep Bettany alive, our plan's going. As uh, planned. Later on a beach. Damn, Han, I really thought if I hid behind this sand dune. Uh, a laser shoots Harrelson. He turns around and sees Greedo crouched behind him as guns. <laughs> Greedo scampers off, giggling. <laughs> Lucas was on set one day. Hansel, I shot him first, asshole. You'll see in the special edition. Oh, Jesus. Oh, don't sneak up on me like that. Who are you? I'm a new woman Star Wars character named Nest. Uh, I guess because my hair's pulled back. 
thank you for giving me all this coax. You just used it to single-handedly finance the rebellion. So later, if you, you know, save any high-ranking members of their royalty, it'd be idiotic if you didn't mention this transaction when seeking compensation. <laughs> By the way, we're going to blow all this on a medal ceremony. <laughs> May the force not be in this. She walks off. Later at a card table. Ha ha, Lando, I somehow took all your cheat cards out of your sleeve. All in. Oh, and sorry I gave your cut of the coax to that chick on the beach. Yeah, it'd be pretty dumb for me to bet my ship again without being able to cheat. But Hans all, deuce high. Yeah, I didn't bet yet. Doesn't matter, deuce high. <laughs> By the way, uh, something, something, tattooing. Wait, so is Daenerys alive? Are we friends? What's our deal? I mean, come on, it's not like there's going to be more of these. Ron Howard's VO's all. There won't. The end. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god kelly Wan, i loved your amelia clark that was amazing Gira. oh that she might be my new favorite since your drax i love your jira oh thanks oh all right so let's talk about this movie um i'll i'll go first i just I, ron, oh. howard, ron howard is the worst I, yes i think clumsy and turgid and murky and pointless and I even think that poor Alden Ehrlichman is the worst. I, uh, my over is Rogue One, which I also really didn't like, but I don't think this is anywhere near. This is way, way worse than Rogue One, which is pretty terrible. Uh, but it's slightly better than that Star Wars Christmas special, that abominable TV thing. That's my over. Oh, well, that's my under. Because that, that <laughs> thing, I just, that thing is just that's a funny. Mar- they both are over and Yeah, it's, it's a marvel of kitsch. I think it's just embarrassing to see all of the, the actors paraded through that. Uh, so that's my under, because at least this has some, I, you know, I don't know why that's my under, Kelly Wan. Yeah, what are you doing? That, that thing's funny as shit. Uh, I know. I, I, I'm I, way I, more bored in Solo than the Christmas special. Well, save that. Hold on, Kelly Wan. That, that's right, making right. me think you didn't like it. Oh, huh. no, no, I love the Christmas special. <laughs> well, okay, so you actually you go it's first. It's Harrison Ford in it. Kelly Wan, then what is your over-under? And just real quickly tell us what you thought of it, and then let's get Dingus in here before you turn loose. Uh, so real quick over and under. Sounds like you didn't like it. Well, my over is the Christmas special because right. it's funny, and it's got Harrison Ford in it. And it's also weird in that it exists. Like It's like, what, Star Wars is on TV? So it at least has that weird, like, this feels like a surreal out-of-body experience. And then it's weird, too, and the first 10 minutes are just Wookiees talking. And there's a lot. Of, there's enough about it to where you sort of have to see it just to like be – and Leah's on acid. It's great. My under is the Clone Wars animated movie, that one with Truman Capote is one of the huts, which I found more boring even than this. Ha, huh, you've seen one of the Clone Wars cartoons. Ugh, in a theater. And that was the – I saw it at CityWalk in L.A. on a weed strip, a marijuana strip, and it did nothing. And then I came out, and I saw this like couple walking out ahead of me, and I just thought, this is what Star Wars is now. This fucking shit, this movie, like it used to be an exciting – like a Star Wars movie used to be this big, exciting thing that only happened every once in a while. All and right, just but for it, the record – huh? It, but this is better than that thing, than that uh, clone. Uh, yeah, I really hated right. that. But just real quick, Amelia yep. Clark said that Ron Howard saved the movie, and she complained that Lord and Miller told her to play her scenes as film noir, and she went, hey, y'all, film noir ain't no note. So there's that. I point. like it better when you do her, her Australian voice. Yeah. I know. I can <laughs> I think it's what's, really, yeah. what's an over and under? Kelly and I were, were fervently hoping that you liked this. Yes, please. 
I you were the only one. You were the only one excited about it. You were super like, excited. You're like, what? You're not looking forward to solo? I don't, say, I don't know about this? super excited. He just wasn't as resigned, Kelly Wand, as you and I were. To... He was surprised we weren't excited. He was I admit for most, for a lot of the movie, I thought that she was Alicia Vikander. <laughs> the opposite of the movie. And so I was – that uh, no, for the movie itself, I didn't realize it was Amelia Clark. I thought it was Alicia Vikander, like baby. And baby. I was looking forward to a lot of baby, but you, you, uh, once I realized it was Amelia Clark, uh, your uh, impression of her uh, make makes up for not hearing the baby. Uh, real so quick, thing is, are you current on Game of Thrones? What does that mean? Are you caught up on it? Like, have you been following it all, all along? I know you've seen some of it, but are you caught it up? It hasn't all been along? on for like six months, right? Right, but you saw last season. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't know if that might be why you didn't recognize that that was her. Uh, okay. No, I just. I. I don't know. Or from Terminator, thinking. your favorite Planet of the Apes movie. Right. Right. Exactly. Really? Do we have to do that every <laughs> no. time? But look how she just shows up and ruins. Like Terminator and Star Wars were both. Never. Oh mind. come on. She. She. Well, we'll, we'll get to. She's that. not on the hook. I know. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. All right. But so it go, is go a weird. All right. Dingus. So let, let's let Dingus explain here. So uh, my over and under are uh, movies that are giving me more information than I require. Um, so, uh, this, uh, the over, I would put, uh, Indiana Jones and the last crusade, which I quite loved and is far above this, um, well, yeah. because <laughs> it, it just, it just gives me a ton of like, this is the origin story of a character that you've already grown to love and you don't need to know where his chin scar comes from or why he hates snakes, but we're going to give, we're going to dump all that on you and let you know why this happened. Um, yeah. and the under for that would be Prometheus. Uh, just because I think Prometheus is um, slightly more incompetent than this, but not altogether more incompetent than this. Because, again, it gives me more information that I care to have about a universe that uh, I already found interesting and exciting. Um, Prometheus is better visually, though, you think? Like, I'm surprised that's your under, sorry. No, no, it's – oh, it's much better visually. Yeah, I think that the, this movie is a, a pure ham-handed visual mess. I really was wor- – I, I thought maybe my copy was just dim. Like watching it, I was like, should I go complain to the manager? And then there would be a scene where there was full lighting, and I would be like, no, the whole thing is just dark. It's shot like it, the cantina, the whole movie. Yeah, it really made me think, man, in 3D, this must be abysmal. Yeah. 3D brings exactly. the lighting factor down. Right. Lord. I thought that for the first few scenes, I was just like, why is this so dark? Do I need – and I had the same experience, Tom. Do I need to go – Talk to somebody because I can't see anything that's going on in the movie, He's and it was not in three D. Um, so I, I thought the movie should have been a dark movie thematically, um, <laughs> but was dark movie visually at the beginning. Right. It was so dark for the first few scenes that you can't see what's going on. So uh, you know, I had a, I, I liked it, but. Ah, uh, we got Kelly Wong. Wait, what? Yeah, he, you really buried the lead there. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, but but I just thought it was okay. So I think I think it 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 has the worst possible sin for me is just being mediocre, and and Ron Howard just playing everything safe. I mean, this is a Han Solo movie, or it's supposed to be, and and he's a rogue. He's a, Right. He, he should be nuts. This movie should be nuts. It should be dark. It should be weird. And it's just safe. And um, 
you know, only dark visually, not dark thematically, and ultimately it it becomes boring. And uh, I don't understand why certain characters exist and certain others do. Um, I, I think that it totally flubs certain iconic moments, like <laughs> the whole idea of winning the Millennium Falcon. I mean, these are things that happen like in passing, or 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 the Kessel Run. Right. These things are are totally messed up. It's it just becomes this miasma of cloudy crap uh, instead of something that that sparks the imagination. And if you're not going to bother to do that, then don't make it. I, I don't why, understand why they bothered. Why did you like it? Like what, when you say it's just okay, because I don't I don't even I wouldn't even. I think it's way below okay, at least for me personally. Uh, it sounds like you're more forgiving of certain things that, than Kelly Wand and I are. What what were things that, that he made was able you to just... divorce it from being a Han Solo movie? Like you, went, okay, I'm just going to get watch it as a product, and then it's well, okay. Maybe. Well, I would say that I found moments amusing. Um, again, these are I'm damning it with faint praise. Uh, I found things amusing. I found a couple moments funny. I found the uh, L3 droid stuff. Uh, kind of interesting. I really like, um, I, I really like that actress a lot, Phoebe, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I really like, I really like that person. When she um, was cast, I was super bummed that she was just going to be playing a robot. But watching this movie, I was super glad that I didn't that, that she wasn't visually <laughs> that I didn't have yeah, to make that association. Right. I was like, oh, well, you kind of dodged a bullet there, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. <laughs> yeah, um, and there were some, there were a few visuals that I liked, and I enjoyed seeing it with my son. Um, so it's one of those things that child abuse. Yeah. Well, I, now I agree. Um, but, uh, but I'm, I'm calling it mediocre and I think that that's worse than calling it terrible. Um, I think that Ron Howard just isn't, I don't know what happened to him. Uh, when was he, what's a good Ron Howard, what's a good Ron Howard movie? What, why? Oh, Apollo 13 dingus. Okay. You you even said that. Yeah. Apollo 13 is awesome. is a brilliant movie. Um, it really understands uh, dramatic tension. It understands stakes. Uh, of course, he's working off of source material that's actual things that happened, so he has to sort of uh, hew to that. But uh, in this, it just feels like, okay, uh, we're going to bring this guy on who's just going to be safe and mediocre. And, um, I mean, I I was just more bored with it but not hating it so that's why i say i liked it i liked sitting there with my son and seeing it um there was some <laughs> flying stuff that was okay but uh but overall i just found it mediocre huh. yeah i because I, I that's that's way more generous than i'm willing to be because i i thought you know you, you say mediocre is worse than terrible and i don't for me terrible is worse than terrible i just I, <laughs> there was nothing i i liked some of the the jokes that you know when phoebe waller bridge showed up i because i knew she was gonna be a robot i was like oh okay there she is and there were a few moments that i think i only thought were funny because i knew it was her um and i have so much goodwill for her but otherwise i would be really hard pressing is to come up with something that i just didn't think was terrible um well, did you like the droid liberation stuff? Do you like nope. that? Nope, dumb. Because I think that's a cool idea, by the way. That's a, that's a that's a sort of a cornerstone of science fiction. Is what because because it, it didn't really explore it. It made a gag out of it, like a physical gag. Yeah. Because um, uh-huh. I also I was a little fascinated with this idea, but I think the movie was too clumsy to address it in any meaningful way. That Lando was in love with that droid. I li- like that's that's a provocative thing. To explore, like we, the, the the role of droids in the Star Wars universe were originally 
comedic sidekicks. Like if, if we were to – if we assume – well, I think he's been very open about it. George Lucas drawing from Hidden Fortress, and the droids are counterparts to the, the comedic sidekicks in Hidden Fortress. And there's a whole conceit throughout Star Wars that droids aren't people, and they don't have autonomy. They're and yeah. they're, they're, they're slaves. They're comedic Hard sidekicks. Side. They're devices. Uh, and then at a certain point, droids can kill people. They become combat things, which wasn't part of the original Star Wars. We saw, you know, I thought it was super weird when BB-8 kills someone, like gets is able to drive an ATST. So in this, I, and I just think it's been clumsy all along dealing with this this identity of droids. In this, this idea of a droid rebellion and a man in love with a droid, I thought was just introduced poorly. It wasn't explored properly. Um, so yeah, the the rebellion, the, the rebellion thing, Dingus, and and I just again, Ron Howard's the worst. The way it was shot, it looked like Ron Howard was trying to make Gremlins gags, you know, no. with the little droids hopping on the keyboard and stuff, and uh, it, it it was just so like jokey, and uh, I didn't think it was was that funny. Um, it seems terribly counterproductive when they're trying to actually do a heist to disable all the electronics in the entire building. And and also yeah I mean I just say it, it I don't I don't think there's any plot consistency in anything really that happens in this right. movie it's it's just such a as, as far as the narrative I just think it's so poorly constructed yeah j- gibberish yeah and and even the moment to moment bits Dandy Newton having to sacrifice herself because there's a droid oh. on there are two droids like she's just shot down a bunch of these things and the movie They're decides so cold and ruthless those games in the- was, there's no reason even for the bridge to disappear I mean why do you even need to blow up uh. that bridge. Yeah, I mean, I mean the movie, yeah, shipwrecks like horrible. It. And, and so right. I, yeah, so no, the droid stuff didn't work. For and me. then we just move on from her. Yeah, well, okay, whatever. Um, so the the reason I like the droid thing is because of something that I responded to in Force Awakens, which I know isn't in isn't before this in the timeline, but I, I guess you can sort of retcon some of these things socially as we go forward. I don't know if you can do that. But it's the moment where Ray finds BB-8 and uh, rescues him from. Oh sure, the, right. Uh, and says, you know, he doesn't care about anyone. Right. And she she speaks of BB-8 as a being, and when uh, she's R2-D2. going to be able to sell him for uh, for portions, she doesn't because I think she thinks of BB-8 as a being, not as just a thing. And I think that was set up in Force Awakens, and I think that's carried forth here. And unfortunately, it's just ham-handed. Well, that goes to like Kelly Wan. What are you going to say about R two D two? Well, he's set up. I mean, that's something I always liked about old Star Wars was it. We got the sense it was apartheid, and not even as a joke, because the bartender's like, "We don't serve their kind here," and he like keeps R two D two and C three PO out. But from the second we meet C three PO and R two D two, they're our first point of view characters, and they're so clearly human. I mean, we gravitate instantly to them. Right. We love them, and right. so the idea that they live in this galaxy where those where characters that anthropomorphic aren't recognized as beings is like kind of mortifying. Like it makes you go, wow, that's kind of dark for Star Wars in a way. But it's, you know, we know it like R2-D2 is a very fleshed out personality. Like he's he's better than a character at this. By oh, yeah, 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 well, sure. Warwick really War, Davis is in R2-D2 in the original ones, right? Kenny Baker. No, Kenny Baker. Yeah. It was Kenny Baker. Well, who Warwick Davis Warwick is Davis. from Willow, <laughs> isn't he? Yeah. Willow, yeah. yeah, and he's well, from that uh, that Stephen Merchant Ewan. series um, with Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant as his agent. What's that series called? They're a bunch of jokes. Life's too short. Life's too short. So really Warwick Davis called? wasn't in the Star yeah. Wars stuff at all. 
You know, he was I, he was wicked the Ewok. The Ewok, in, okay. In Jedi. All right. He's the main. He was the one that Leah gives a candy bar to. <laughs> He's Leah's love interest in Jedi. Right. Uh, and he's yeah, and that that was him in this. That was Warwick Davis. Yeah, he, play, he, yes. he plays Weasel. Weasel, he gets a name. Okay, well actually that Weasel. Okay, huh? Yeah. So they have weasels in the Star Wars. There are falcons and weasels in the Star Wars universe. Otherwise, everything is a nonsense animal. Exactly right. <laughs> Hot, the thing that's good about the Star Wars prequels is they don't ruin Han Solo. So this movie accomplishes a lot in a way. Well, what a thing. I mean, how do you fuck up the Kessel Run like that? How do you fuck up the Kessel Run like that? Well, how I do wonder, you fuck up Han Solo as a rogue? Like, this is Jesus. I, I wonder what, you know, I, it makes me curious what Phil uh, Lord and Chris I, Miller yeah. were, were working with. Because, I, I, you know, I have enough confidence in those two yeah. that I am sure that they weren't making this movie. And that's like, how they got fired, because they were going off script. And this exactly, is the script yeah. Ron Howard was like, yo, these these are the words, the Kasdan boys. Well, they were they had shot already. Like, is any of their they footage were, in this, or did, were they fired before any shooting was supposedly done? Supposedly it's 70% of the movie is Ron Howard, and they were fired three okay. weeks before shooting was supposed to end. And okay. Kathleen Kennedy was pissed because they were taking a whole day to shoot a scene that Ron Howard would, like, slide through. Like Clint that, that explains a lot about how this movie turned out, by the way. Yeah, and does. a lot about what my issue is with Ron Howard is, you know, you bring up Clint Eastwood, Kelly Wand. Like, like I think Ron Howard is just he's doing it like like Bread and butter. It's like a conveyor belt work. I mean, he's like doing something on a factory. Yeah, he's just throwing things down the line, and he's it, it's it, Richie Cunningham trying to direct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the, throwing the this, is like, the smug strangler in there. I mean, I do feel like, you know, Apollo 13, I guess it's when he has good material, because Frost Nixon, by the way, is great, but I don't think he has to do anything. Frost Nixon is all Frank Langella and um, Stephen, oh, shoot, uh, Martin, no, not Martin Sheen, Michael Sheen. Uh, Frost Nixon is just, hey, don't screw up where the camera and the lighting are, and you get a great movie. Uh, Night Shift, he, he did, he made Michael Keaton a, a movie star out of Night Shift. So he obviously seen, knows. That's his oh, first you have movie, it? right? Yeah, I love it. Shelley Long is in it, and Henry Winkler's like kind of a nebbish character. So it does a lot of it's it's like he got a lot of really good performances in that movie. All right, so he's capable of it. But but I I think that also was a very different Ron Howard. I'm assuming that's true. Yeah, but this movie was gonna be a comedy, and now I'm dying to see that fucking footage that they scrapped. I really want to see it. (laughs) Well, and we never will because they hated it. But I, I, it's like Lord and Mil- this was going to be a comedy Han Solo movie. That sounds so much better, or at least more well, interesting. There's nothing interesting it, about this. I think it makes more sense. I mean, if you look at the way that Marvel has run its universe, right. uh, having Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok show up, yeah. uh, I think that that's what they were probably. Han Solo's a fun. He's a comedy genius. <laughs> so I don't know why you would. I don't know. They obviously didn't. I get think. The that, jokes. I think making this a black comedy would have been brilliant. And maybe that's why they, you know, they went with uh, Alden Ehrenreich in certain sense because the Cohen boys. Possible task, in my opinion. Uh, well, how do you feel about? it? I mean, one of the things that we have, we have a, we have two listeners who wrote in. Chris Markinson is one of them, and um, he liked uh, Ehrenreich in Hail Caesar, but uh, he says maybe it was because his scream time was lim- was limited, um, and he had scenes with really. You know, a really great actor, Ray Fiennes, and the, and he had the Coens directing him, and maybe he just can't carry a movie. Well, this is a this is a tough. It's a weird uh, test, test, stress test for his talent 
Because I don't think you could have recast it with anybody. Like they didn't crack it. Mm, I, I like, mean, I don't know you, what I, else he could have done. I, yeah, I mean, I, he, I, I think you could. You just, I don't, I don't, I, I just don't, don't like him. That I don't, I don't care for him. I don't think he brought anything to it. Uh, and I the don't. Solution. He certainly didn't have a strong director working with him. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I'm not as taken with him as I was with Hail Caesar. And Markinson's absolutely right. Hail Caesar. Uh, he just has a, a a good comedic note to work with and great actors to work with and directors who really have a strong voice. And he fits into that just fine. Um, but but I'm seen- the character's so neutered in this, like we don't know what he would have done if he'd actually gotten to play a real Han Solo character. And that's another thing, too, is I didn't see mm. any commonality between the character in this movie and see, the fellow that was introduced to us in Star Wars uh, and that, that Harrison oh. Ford played. Like, I don't that, that, there was nothing in here that said, oh, yeah, that's right. That's the guy who's going to, of course, not. Oh, I see rebellion. how he got like that now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the guy who's going to hang out in a cantina and just take mercenary jobs, flying people around through shady uh, venues like I, I, there was none of that here. This was just some goofball, uh, mildly good-looking, grinning goofball who every now and then would say right. something funny. And for the most part, I thought the movie took pains to show us that he's dumb. Yeah, that he d- he doesn't do things well, he, and that he gets lucky at the end and makes one good call. But through most of the movie, he's like a joke, uh, like an ineffectual character, like Jedi Han Solo. After he was awesome in the first so season. he he just sort of trips trips into things and, and what you made me think of Tom when you were talking about that is is how uh, how Chris Pratt plays Star Lord sure and how like he's got like a girl in a ship and he and he's like talking about the, the you know if you had a black light this place would look like a Jackson Pollock painting and and it's clear that he's he's got a, an emotional weight to him um, but he's also kind of a jerk in some ways and also will do anything well, um yeah yeah it's a, and it's, Jedi, it's yeah. a trope too the lovable rogue it's not anything new i mean it's not harrison ford was great at doing it but that kind of character was hardly invented by harrison ford and i just don't feel alden aaron Ar- Ar- Aaron. You know what? I didn't like him enough to say his name correctly, so I'm going to call him Alden er- Ehrlichman. Uh, I just don't feel that he even pulled off that that standard trope of lovable rogue. I just I mean, much in, less setting any groundwork for what Harrison Ford did. In so, his defense, in Jedi, the speeder bike chase happens because Han steps on a twig, and so Luke and Leah get separate. Like Leah meets the Ewoks because <laughs> Han Solo's an idiot. So in a way, and then but he gets captured too. Like the Ewoks well, you know, they're going for that whole joke. <laughs> I, they're going for that whole joke where he goes running down the hallway chasing the stormtroopers, and then the other direction – because Han Solo is at times a Three Stooges character, right? Uh, but there's more to him than that. Like that's but his plan of, worked there. He was brash, and they ran away, They ran from him for a bit. He, they just – he ran into a cul-de-sac, and he still survives okay, right, that. Right. <laughs> but he does kind of do the gym face a lot, and it's, it's really much like, let me worry, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, God. But, so, Dingus, were you okay with Alden Ehrenreich? Like, did you not dislike him, or what, what did you think of him? No, I, I thought he was a, I thought he was a veneer. Okay, yeah. Um, it, it really. So, the the one possible good outcome of this movie, um, there's a, a novel about the Iraq War called uh, Yellow Birds that I really like. I think the Oh, Powers? I want to say Kenny Powers, but that's Danny McBride's character from Eastbound and Down. Anyway, the, the movie, the, uh, the the book, The Yellow Birds, was made into a movie, and this thing was shot like a couple of years ago, and it's it stars uh, Alden Aaron 
Wright and Ty Sheridan. Uh, and mm-hmm. I love both of those guys. It's a, a first-time director. And I love the book. Uh, and the movie's getting released later this month, I presume, because they know that Alden Ehrenreich is in oh. is in Solo and Ty Sheridan just did Ready Player One. Uh, so the good thing I can say about this movie is that if Yellow Birds isn't a terrible movie, and I don't know for sure, at least we'll get to see that. Uh, because it is... Yeah, it was written by Kevin Powers. Kevin Powers, right? Kenny yeah. Powers. That's, yeah. So, did you, you read it, right? I, I think I gave you. Did, yeah, did it's you, actually yeah. it's sitting right here on my bookshelf. That's why I know. Oh my god, that's where it is. Because I was looking at my bookshelf, I was like, I think I loaned it to someone, but I don't remember yeah, who. You, you okay. loaned it to me, so okay. I, I will. Uh, no, no, you, I know you're you're still working your way through Under the Skin. So when you're done with Under the Skin, I'm not. Yeah. I delivered that. In, I actually <laughs> delivered that into Chris Markinson. Under the cover. By the way, Chris Markinson also says uh, having Amelia Clark kissing Aaron Reich all the time doesn't count as chemistry. Uh, yeah, uh, that's another issue as well. Yeah. I mean, she can be an issue. She's I don't you know the the whole Terminator thing. I, uh, she was innocuous <laughs> enough. Uh, and you here, liked her at that. I did, and I liked her with with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I love Jason Clark. She was just with a couple of guys I really like, and she fit into her position nicely enough. Uh, but here, I well, that's like, a comedy. Know. She gets to be funny, and this yeah. is a thankless role. So it's funny that she thought Ron Howard saved her because now I'm dying to see what she did that she was hating to do. Well, I actually don't think she's that great an actress. I mean, part of my issue with Game of Thrones is that all these amazing English actors in that movie and in that movie, in that TV series, and they're winnowing it down to two of their worst actors who are Amelia Clark and, um, what's it, John Snow? John. No, what's uh, the actor's name? Kim, no, Kit, Kit, shoot. Kit Harrington. Kit Harrington. Kit Harrington, yeah. Kit Harrington, Harrington, yeah. They're Harrison. both awful actors, and that guy's awful. They're both very pretty people, but the worst actors in Game of Snow is uh, Game of Snow. Game of Thrones is unfortunately <laughs> shunting itself into these are the guys who are going to carry it, and right. they just can't do it. Uh, well, they they play they're they're actors who were brought up, I guess, playing attitudes instead of playing emotion. <laughs> yeah. Very nice, Dingus. That's a good yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wish this- Han Solo the movie had had more attitude. Well, that's what I love about your Jira, Kelly Wan. She's all attitude. I wish she had yeah. been in the movie. <laughs> yeah, she's feisty. <laughs> she, that's the thing. She's always supposed to be playing these kind of tough, hard-bitten characters, and that's so miscasting her because she's a cutie. She's a little tiny cutie. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of character she is. Well, that be. works for the whole Daenerys thing. Like the, the, the disconnect of her as Daenerys works for me. But, uh, right. As a Sarah Connor or as a oh, handsome uh, Sarah cycle. Connor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the – This movie had the impossible – like the reason Han Solo is awesome in the first Star Wars movie is he has a mystique and things we don't know about it make him interesting. And the idea that the the Kessel Run that he bragged about to Luke, that he had that much help on it and it wasn't even his ship and all that – what? And that's not spice. Oh, I really – so much luck going on, and Jesus. every time they said the word luck, I just thought of Kenobi saying, in my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Ah. And, <laughs> and right. it, it just drove me crazy every time, like, just something lucky happened, like the Cthulhu monster being there and whatnot. I mean, I wanted more skill. I want to, I mean, right. you know, there, there's that thing of, like, just everybody gets to be a good pilot because, like, I knew you for a couple of minutes, and I think Marcus said, said this as well, like, Rio knows him for a couple of minutes or a couple of seconds and says, wow, you really are a good pilot. And he, well, really, he even has that. Th- and this is just terrible writing. He has that thing where, yeah, I can tell you've got the look, you've got hunger, 
uh, is oh, it a girl? And, and it's just, you know, it's just Alden Aaron Lurkerman staring looking, into space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's just like a sort of sitting sitting there looking pretty, and and that little monkey, that forearm monkey, is is saying, "Yeah, you got that look. You're hardened. You're hungry. There's something in your background. I can see it in him." There's nothing there. There's nothing separating him from the CG background. Right. And that character, by the way, I I like that character a a bit. I mean, it's uh, John Favreau voicing it. Um, But it just felt like we're going to do our little try to do a little rocket raccoon thing for a minute. Exactly. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, oh, my God, they they need their own rocket raccoon. Yeah. But Disney, Disney, (laughs) cross-pollination, selling toys, cute things, right? (laughs) Corporate synthesis. So we do have one listener who really liked this movie a lot. Oh, I'm listening. I want to hear its defenders and and I want them to win me over. (laughs) So this is Arthur Giovangeli. Uh, I liked it. Oh, okay. Really? Uh, he, he said he was really nervous about it, but uh, he can't believe he's saying this, but he had a great time at Solo. Um, God damn it. I wish I had. Fuck. I hate it. I was so <laughs> drunk, and I was just going, oh, I'm remembering too much of this. <laughs> I don't even drink that much because it gives me a headache. I like being drunk, but it just nothing was helping. Nothing. It was so hard. I was having trouble remembering it while it was happening. Like I zoned out. I was worried about the opposite because I go, I don't even remember what happened in that movie. <laughs> like, what, fucking, what did Arthur say that he? I mean, did he yeah, just say sorry, he sorry. had fun and that was uh, it was just a fun experience for him? Is that his? It, it's a little bit of that, but he gives okay. a couple of uh, he gives a couple of specifics. Um, it, one, and I I don't know from this, although I I now own this movie because uh, somebody gave it to me for Christmas, but I haven't watched it yet yet because Tom was like. You shouldn't bother watching that movie. Um, uh, he said he loved the way they drifted in the speeders, the Snowpiercer-inspired train firefight. Mm. No, not wrong. at all, not false, at all. That's that's false. the one mildly cool thing in Snowpiercer is the the shot, the sniper shot on the train. But otherwise, eh. snow train. How dare it really, you? It really, it really did. Yeah, it really did strike me as okay. We need a train action. I mean, I was thinking Sucker Punch. I was watching it, thinking, you know, I'd rather be watching ah. Sucker Punch right now, yeah. or at least Zack Snyder knows, hey, this is just something I'm going to throw in my movie for the fuck of it, because that's give me some energy. What, at yeah, least. at least Sucker Punch is ridiculous, and at least it's energetic and it's ridiculous. He thinks this, it's good. <laughs> this just felt like a, an obligatory that. train scene to me. But you guys, yeah. this, that train moved over on its side, <laughs> and it went sideways. Like a roller coaster car. Like yeah, a, yeah like those. those roller coaster cars where you're dangling, and it can't put too many G-forces on you, so it'll turn the car. That's how tracks track. work. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, fair enough. If Arthur, I mean, I, that, I guess that was something that set, sets it apart from most train scenes. Is this platform? It'll knock you off, and then the guards, although they didn't make very much of it, they know to have magnetic boots so they can stick to the sides. Oh my god! I, I guess there could have been something there. So All that's right. the scene where the guy goes, "Marauders, pirates." <laughs> Now that's some quality writing. Well, the thing <laughs> is, Kelly Wan. Yeah. Well, we have to. We're, the reveal later is going to be that they're the rebellion. You know, this they're the people of the red. So we can't right. really say they're pirates or cutthroats or blackguards. Uh, like we'll we say to, marauders and then define yeah. marauders. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> that's clever. I did. Did you guys think when uh, when uh, the the chick took her helmet off? For a brief moment, I was like, "Oh my God, they got a Leah Shaw cat." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "A little bit." Yeah. I did not, but that's funny. 
so, but, uh, but yeah, so Kelly Wan, those marauders are pirates. They become the rebellion. You see, that's that's one of the big reveals, Kelly Wan. And Wong. Han say, makes the rebellion. That's something right. that we don't know. About he funds him. the rebellion, exactly. And Han doesn't have a last name. Kelly Wan, just like Darth Vader, Darth Vader made C-3PO, Han Solo made the rebellion. Why is oh, that good? What? Dingus? <laughs> Dingus. Dingus, you look me in the eye. <sighs> What did Kieran think of this? Yeah, so Dingus, you said your son wasn't terribly interested, but he had a change of heart. Why and how did that work out? Or just had to put their schedule. We were driving up to the the house after school one day, and I I was telling him, you know, I'm going to go see uh, the solo movie this weekend. And I said, do you want to see it? And he went, no. (laughs) Good. Correct answer. So far, so good. I said, why not? He goes, it's not a Star Wars movie. I love Kiernan. Kiernan's always right. He's always right. No, I don't. Wait, wait go ahead. What's his, what's his rationale? Or did he explain more? He or, didn't. He just said okay. it's not a Star Wars movie, which is exactly, I think, what Kelly has said time and again. This is not a Star Wars movie. Well, are the prequels and, Star Wars movies? Oh, sorry, sorry. You know, go ahead. I want to hear more uh, about Well, he, doesn't, he's, he has no interest in watching the prequels. None whatsoever. Yeah, and I, you know, I watched guy. them again right. this week just to – sort of oh. as a primer, and it was a, a nightmare. So Kiernan, but, uh, it sounds like Kiernan has, and this is good parenting, an appropriately cultivated sense for what, constru- what constitutes right. a Star Wars movie. He passed the test. Right. Exactly, and he said, it's not a Star Wars oh, movie, I'm not interested. Okay, so so uh, far so good, he's he's going to get out of this okay. Now what? <laughs> and, then, and then he was talking about like wanting to, uh, to, take, to take a girl to a movie. I said, yeah, you can do that if it's a oh. solo movie. And he said, nope, I can do it. <laughs> I need and to get then, laid, Dad. And that soul and then, is not going to cut it. Let's not talk about that yet. Kelly. Oh, sorry. How old is <laughs> he? Close your role. I thought he was 15. Sorry. No. Um, and then late in the game, he was. He just said, uh, out of the blue, and I think it was just responding to father-son stuff, uh, he just said, have you seen the solo movie yet? And I went, no, I have to see it this weekend for the podcast. He goes, well, we, uh, I've changed my mind. Will you take me to it? And I said, all right, we'll work that out. Um, and he just, did he say why I, he changed his mind? Or, yeah, what's the what was no, the No, I, I, okay. I, I think he really just wanted a father-son experience. I don't think it had anything to do with the movie. I think it was just – I'll take it. You know, I've, I've, seen, the, you, Dad. I've right. seen the Star Wars stuff with you. Um, I'll go with you to this. And honestly – not bringing a girl to it. He, yeah, he's not going to do That's that. That's his line in the sand. And he was uh, he was mildly – interested but i think obviously bored and at the end he was like yeah i, I kind of like that i mean we both had the same reaction and we we liked it but it was like eh. i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna recommend this to anybody <laughs> and i wouldn't so see it again you guys like, would you'd give it the a minus on cinema score definitely because uh, <laughs> I, I would give it an a because i'm an idiot my son is not so he would did your it. audience was it did you see it with a bunch of people oh i, I saw don't... a pretty crowded theater and they all seemed bored like it was super really? like was, quiet was, and no there was this weird obligatory yeah. like mild applause afterwards and it's sort of like some people started applauding but then got embarrassed and, and let it trail off yeah. but my i'm audience... just happy to be here sorry sorry yeah. just good to get out of the house hot outside i really think that 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 my son was just being kind Polite. to his old man <laughs> right oh really. dad yeah i'll go we to can, see this, this yeah we this can go to the auto show <laughs> right 
We can but go to was, ice capades, fine. It was just hilarious because he doesn't – it's not like he listens to the podcast, but to hear him actually say the words, uh, no, I don't want to say it. It's not a Star Wars movie. Uh, was oh, funny. my sweet summer child. <laughs> it is a Star Wars movie. This is the fate of Star Wars, Kiernan, and listening audience. Well, that's true. And that Dingus is- and Kelly Wan. Yeah, this is it. it. It is a Star Wars movie. This is what we get. Uh, this is, this is it's not called Do we Solo get the Star Wars, Star Wars movies we deserve? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So it's uh, dumb for look like I know now. I knew before this movie, and it just like underscored like never look forward to anything. Never look forward to anything. Thank you. No, I, it just needs a like I. I it just I, needed okay. It here's needed somebody like Kevin Feig to have uh, control over what director to to pluck to put into it. Well, it sounds because, like it's got it, but she just doesn't know. Kathleen Kennedy just doesn't really know. Uh, she's old too. We're all old. Yeah, yeah. Like I, she doesn't have Kevin Feige. We need Kieran in a takeover. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Someone is going to have to like grow up with this and uh, fix it. Lord somewhere Miller. Down the line. Yeah. God, I, w- I so want. Well, see no, it has to be like Kevin Feige letting Taika Waititi do Thor Ragnarok. Like that's yeah. what, right. That's what's happening in Marvel in, in Disney's use of the Marvel license. It's not happening in Disney's use of the Star Wars license. Is they're not willing to take chances. They want to play it safe. And and here's the here's the funny thing with Solo. Playing it, <laughs> playing yeah. it safe with Solo and it having a bitterly disappointed fall. Like they were estimating. It's a four-day weekend. They were estimating it would be 130 to 150 million dollar opening, and it's barely going to hit. I think it's going to hit like at 100 million, uh, and that's going to go. That's going to work its way up the chain, and people are going to maybe lose jobs or get demoted. So maybe mm. someone will learn a lesson. Maybe not. Maybe they the never lesson- learn the right lesson. I've noticed. Well, they, they have with Marvel. Works. Like, I mean, mm. you're, you're basically right, Kelly Wan. But every now and then something goes right. So maybe. Yeah, but that's not Disney's. Like they just went, all right, we trust you, and in this they went, all right, we trust you. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like Lord Miller, they gave him. I mean, they gave him Kasdan script, and then they gave him actors who don't improvise. Like they're not like the Jump Street actors or the Lego actors, right? And yeah. this is what happens. like they're not improvised. Like Nina Clark doesn't want to improvise. She yeah, I don't think you have to improvise. Like the the uh, Lord, like Lord and Miller are used to working with comics, but I don't think that's necessarily a prerequisite for their stuff to to be good. Right, but the Kasdan's uh-huh. got them fired because they go, they're not. Lawrence Kasdan was like, they're they're going way off script. They're not doing the lines that I wrote. And ah, complained to Kathleen Kennedy, and then Kathleen Kennedy went, what? Oh, I see. Okay, that makes sense then. I see. Right. So they were. So it's not. I guess it's not some. They just didn't like the script. It sounds like. Or right. They, had they didn't better, like the script. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. It does. Oh, okay. So I don't like the script exactly. either. Of course, right. he didn't like the script. Yeah. And Ron so, Howard came in, and Amelia Clark went, Oh, thank God, someone who understands this awesome script like I do and here you are so it, <laughs> it looks they're, they're yeah. setting something up where she is oh, the villain <laughs> in, yeah she'll be the villain in the next one with Darth Maul as the emperor-ish type Bastard. character I wonder how that turns out gee how does that even fit into the universe of this at all? I know, Dingus. I know. It doesn't make, it's so crowded and dumb. And it doesn't well, that's make the it whole thing like with Boba Fett. Is Darth Maul is just this cool-looking character who just gets killed. Uh, yeah. And now they're going to try hurt. to build a mythology out of him. Oh, do you guys know I – don't, I don't know how solid this is, but James Mangold is in talks to do a span, standalone Boba Fett movie. Like that, that's, that's, I mean, it's, it's enough, it's, it's far enough along that they're saying it to the trades that James Mangold will be doing a Boba Yeah, I saw that. Which, and then I thought, mm. <laughs> well, I don't, I, I mean, I, I think James Mangold, like, he, you know, with like Night and Day and Logan, I, I 
think it's well i don't know but logan's not a prequel and a boba fett has to be a prequel so you're stuck with and no no that's what i'm saying it's what just happened you right know. i don't even think i don't even think james mangold could do anything with a boba fett movie like a, a james mangold boba fett movie just fills me with no hope even though i love some of the other stuff he's done and look how much notes these directors are getting yeah. jesus christ yeah. what do you expect with, with no hope the, the episode four with no hope <laughs> What was well, on? Plum I mean, there, there's a lot to. I mean, there there is a lot to plumb there. I mean, if you consider the way that the uh, prequels ended with Boba Fett, you know, getting moved along and and growing up and how he <laughs> winds up to be who he is. But uh, again, as with oh yeah, Prometheus, the prequels were Boba Fett. Yeah, his dad's head. I even think yeah. of that. There is yeah, a Boba Fett. Is, yeah, his All dad right. is Django. Um, so that's fine. every stormtrooper is is Boba Fett's dad. But I don't need know. to know. I, I I there are some things that I just want my imagination to fill in the blanks. Um, now more I, than I don't, ever. I don't need uh, all these movies to pour sand into these into these little crevices. It's everywhere, so. Dingus. Yeah, it gets yeah. yeah. I don't like just, it. That's just fan service. I mean, that's their idea of fan service is let's take something and explain it. Let's take something that we was in one of the other movies and we're going to show it to the fans and give them some explanation. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) but but that that's what prequels are for, you know, from Crystal or uh, 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 Indian Last Crusade. Uh, Prometheus. It's just let's take this property, let's take things that we referenced, and let's fill in the blanks and let's show people arbitrarily with yeah. shits and farts. But Godfather Two is a prequel. It doesn't have to suck. You know? Godfather Two is a prequel. Yeah, yeah that's Godfather. actually a really no, good point, Kelly. Kelly, that's great. Yeah. Godfather Two is a yeah. sequel. No, that's not correct. <laughs> well, it, it feathers in all of these, uh, all of the origin stories, and it's but it does it in a really clever way. Yeah. It's yeah. like the only time where you go, ah, oh, that's kind of. I'm, I'm glad I know that it actually does add something to the character, and I can. Right. And, and you do link it with the other one. You go, oh, I kind of see. Well, three hundred, Rise of an Empire, boom. That's true. That's a good point. Oh, prequel, exactly. <laughs> so uh, Arthur uh, Giovangeli also really loved, had a blast watching Han and Chewie have an adventure, and he really liked the chemistry. Uh, the two. Of what them we develop. found out, by the way, Chewbacca at one point is a man eater. Because the guy says he yeah, hasn't been fed, and he throws Han Solo in there. The implication being that Chewbacca has eaten people. Or they just had porgs, and they were throwing them in there. Or his other prisoners were porgs. I did think, oh, he's a carnivore, but then remember the scene where he's going to eat the porg. Which, I mean, you know what, I'm not going to call it a porg, because they're not called that in the movie. He's going to eat one of those little birds on Nunfish Island. That's uh, much way better to hear. <laughs> yeah. We. But Are no, no, not that he's a carnivore. Him? It's that he eats people. People get thrown down there, and he's Chewbacca not human. eats them. But to, but to beast, Chewbacca, yeah. we're, we're not, I mean, it's not cannibalism because he's not a human. It's like he's oh. like a – Well, no, but it's not cannibalism of a tiger eats you either. But tigers are right. made. Yeah. yeah. So Chewbacca's okay. like that. He eats creatures. He doesn't he, eat women. I, did you notice too? Like I, I think – I don't think they knew what to do with it. Uh, he tears the arms off someone, and they just kind of yeah. made it yeah. a throwaway yeah. joke. <laughs> like a, Again, you know, I know that – yeah, and I was looking forward to him doing that during the chess scene. Yeah, I thought he was going to do it too. Oh, this is going to be the yeah, the one thing I was looking forward to. Well, and imagine in the Lord and Miller. Uh, that was Woody Harrelson, right? That he was going to tear the tear the arm off where they're where they're playing. It, it. I would have gone. I love this movie now. That yep. would have been so funny. <laughs> and that's Woody Harrel. That's how Woody Harrelson dies. Uh, was Lando Calrissian <laughs> about to drop an S bomb? Yep. Yeah. So there are S bombs in the Star Wars universe. 
Uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. Because right. there's, yeah, that is Cause, weird. Because Nerf Herder was a cuss, scruffy looking, but it, it reminds me of, and actually, this makes it makes more sense in Star Trek. There's a there's a moment in the new Star Trek series on CBS where someone says, uh, "Isn't science cool?" And then someone else says, "No, it's not cool. It's fucking cool." And that is in the new Star Trek on TV. They drop an f bomb, uh, and I I don't mind that because Star Trek comes from Earth. That's okay. Right. Uh, but they, I don't think they've ever cussed like that in Star Trek. Wait, before. in Discovery they do that. Yep. Yep. Tilly, I think is her name. The, the, the redheaded chick. I believe it's her. Uh, but they definitely said about science, it's effing cool. Like they drop an F-bomb in Star Trek. So apparently now there are S-bombs, although maybe he's going to say something else. But they're clearly playing with the idea that Lando Calrissian was about to say, oh, shit. Yeah, Those potty mouth black characters can't trust him with your Tabana gas. I what they should have done is, is, uh, is had him do, uh, oh, poo, like, like poo-doo. <laughs> Uh, but he says cut that path. off because that just means there. food anyway. I mean, Lucas. Fucked I mean, why not use their f bomb? They have one. They could have used it. I actually was kind of not hating uh, Donald Glover's interpretation of Lando, but he doesn't get to do anything fun, and he's barely in the movie. But it was also like he's being a '70s black character, right, and I kind of right. liked that interpretation. Yeah. Like I got the joke at least. While I was with Han Solo's lines, I'm like, "What? This is Han Solo saying that? Jesus fucking Christ!" Like every line, I was just like, "That's how you're writing Han Solo, really." How come? How come the the escape pod has never been replaced in the Millennium Falcon? There's an escape pod. Yeah, I think that's something that you would into the mouth of the, as uh, Arthur calls it, the Kraken. When they Mm, lose the garbage, is where's the trash can that the garbage goes into? Oh wait, no, that's the Star Destroyer. Never mind. Yeah, <laughs> I got one. ships mixed up. <laughs> Sorry, Solo's burned out the... a part of my brain. Because I, I, I was thinking too, they were going to do something like in order to make the Kessel Run, he was going to have to modify the ship, and and then they took off, and the right. Millennium Falcon didn't have the notch in it, and I was like, oh, well, okay, I guess that's not where that's going to come in. Um, but yeah, so they never replaced the escape pod, so I guess, I mean, you kind of want on a, you want lifeboats on a ship. Don't know. Right. It seems a little irresponsible that Han Solo's flying around without escape pods on that thing. Are, are there land- like the landing gear uh, maneuver? What was that maneuver? Because he said, "Oh, my buddy did this maneuver in in racing, and it in got him killed." Street racing, yeah. Yeah. What was the maneuver to lower your landing gear and hit the yeah. ground too fast, and then turn around 180 degrees to no real effect? Like what? And because yeah. he turns around, and then the Tie Fighters hit rocks that have nothing to do with him. Turning His buddy around. did that in a race, Tom. <laughs> yeah, wait, what him. was what was the maneuver? Even what was it? I don't what know. <laughs> I don't know what the maneuver was. Yeah, I thought he was. Yeah. It was a talent roll. <laughs> when when do they when do they repair the landing gear? Because the, the landing gear is totally destroyed. Well, Dingus. Uh, it did sort of pitch forward in the desert sand. I oh, think there was true. some continuity there, Dingus. Someone was paying attention. But still, the maneuver, yeah, I didn't understand. What what maneuver did your buddy do, and how was he doing that in a car? Or I guess they're land speeders. Uh, so land speeders have landing gear? He could have even said it, hey, I was in the Empire as a pilot for three years. I invented this. Right. Is that? Kelly Wan, you should have written Solo. The Han Solo in a Tie Fighter is depra- we like they didn't go. No, we don't need to see that. 
that'll confuse the audience. Let's 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 focus more on what a marauder is. So they you know. But yeah, the one thing that would have made the movie weird. Yep. Well, we already it's had just, uh, Poe Dameron in a Tie Fighter, and that was really fun. So Han Solo, the greatest pilot. Who's a better pilot, Dingus? Well, Poe Dameron's the best pilot in the universe, galaxy, oh, whatever. Point. Yeah, the unnamed mean? galaxy they live in. He's also a mutineer, by the way. He should be fired. He should be arrested. He should be fired and arrested in that order, and tried, and then put in prison for a very long time by Laura Dern. Last Jedi. I know everyone's saying, "Oh, it's because of Star Wars fatigue," and that's why no one wanted to see Solo. But Last Jedi already feels like a lifetime ago to me. So I don't know if it's fatigue. It's just Solo related. I don't think it's I- fatigue. I just don't think it has any buzz around it. It's just. Again, it's just a mediocre movie, and I think but everybody knew that going know in. That? Like, I'm surprised it didn't make more money, and then everyone went, "Oh Jesus, what was that?" Or was it just word of mouth going, "Yeah"? I, I mean, I, I think part of it is that we just don't care to have this backstory. Kids don't care because they're like, "What? The guy from the '70s?" But it's someone new. What? What's in it for me? Why would I go? And we're going. What's in it for me? Why would I go? I mean, I do think the error that they're making is you, you can do that with Marvel because there are different kinds of characters and different yeah. characters can have different movies. But it's only been six months since uh, Last Jedi. So I do think there is a, b- a bit oh. of fatigue. Like a Star Wars movie is a specific thing. A Marvel movie isn't. There's an Ant-Man movie. There's a Spider-Man movie. There's an oh, Avengers movie. There's next but but those th- that doesn't have the same kind of perils of franchise fatigue that a Star Wars movie does. So I think and Star it's a Wars couple is of more things. fragile. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's a couple of things. Star Wars is more of a of a one note series or franchise. Uh, there's no one famous in this because when people think Han Solo, Han Solo is Harrison Ford. Right. Uh, and and I don't think people are ready to see this actor who nobody's heard of. There's Too soon. No, there, there's nobody in this. Like maybe Donald Glover's from Community or something, but there's nobody in this movie that can reach out or appeal to people. Uh, there's nobody in this movie mm. that puts seats in butts, or butts butts in seats. Sorry, the other way, <laughs> or vice versa. No one the in this movie does holes. either of those things. <laughs> uh, so I, yeah, I I'm not surprised you know, it's not doing. Who that. is this movie for? Actually, that's a really good point because these feel more like I don't know weird walking sticks between you know the actual right. franchise right um and, and i love rogue squadron i know you guys don't care for it but ah, I you got the name it. wrong yeah. you don't like it yeah. enough to know the name haha uh-huh. rogue one squadron it's better than this shit i'll give you that <laughs> I, I i i really you know watching it again I, I, lo- it. I really like it even more um uh but still it, it does feel like as i was watching this movie i felt like i was watching a television show uh, yeah. More than I was watching a movie, and and they might as well. And I would actually suggest this to them: if you're going to be releasing these things uh, as like walking sticks between uh, when you're releasing your episodes, if that's what use you're better going wood. to do, then then, <laughs> then use better wood or put them on Netflix or something, because you don't have to put it in the theater. I don't think it's worth it. I don't think this was worth seeing in a theater. Um, No, it wasn't. Whereas, you know, I I have entirely different feelings about Last Jedi than you guys, because I really, really like that. Um, And I think it deserved to be in a theater. I don't think this necessarily deserves my $18 plus my son's $18 to go see it. 
You're getting exactly at what I think there was an article in The Atlantic about how uh, it's inevitable that Disney's going to launch their own Netflix. And I think you're oh. exactly right is that this is somewhere down the road. What they're thinking of is putting th- making things more frequent, lower production values, l- lower actor salaries, Constant you know, a lower product. lower celebrity uh, profile. Um to, to put these things out more frequently, and it, it will be, you know, it'll, it'll be the framework for their own streaming service down the line. Because, yeah, Dingus, you're right. This definitely does feel like something that would be shoved onto a streaming service. Yep. Uh, and it, yeah. Quality so. control issues. Right. Inevitable. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, uh, real quick question. Was uh, Paul Bettany striped, or did, were those scars? What was his, what, what was his deal? Yes. <laughs> like I didn't know if he was an alien race that had stripes, or if those were wounds. I assumed they were tell. scars, but I don't they looked awfully symmetrical. Maybe I was it, wrong about that. But that's really sort of, late in the game, Kieran kind of boredly leaned over to me and went, "Is that Vision?" <laughs> really? That's pretty impressive, actually. Because <laughs> Vision, yeah, he's under all that red makeup. Uh, so, oh, although he does, he can morph out of it, right? His right. voice is distinctive. Yeah. Yeah. But that's funny that in the in Avengers, a movie that takes place on Earth, he looks like that, and in the Star Wars universe, he looks like this. Yeah. At least I, we assume, got, uh, I assume they were scars. What did you think? You're probably right. You're probably right. But I was I was because Darth Maul, he's striped, right? And he's striped. He's got some. See? It's a theme of the movie. Distinct markings on him at, at any rate. You know, it helps him. It helps just with camouflage and tall grass or whatever. Han's yeah. gaining battle and love scars too. So. Oh, his broken heart. That's right. Jira doesn't love him anymore. Kelly Wan, give us a little bit more Jira real quick. Jira! <laughs> Wait, what were we going to say at least we got? Cause oh, at least, at least we have in the Star Wars universe now a Clint Howard appearance. Yep. One thing missing from Star oh, Wars that yeah, has yeah, never yeah. been there. We got Clint Howard in the Star Wars movie. Uh, that guy. I just, the, it did give me one of my favorite lines, which I think was like, uh, let, let go of the mean man's face. I think that's what he said. Oh, right, 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 because Phoebe Waller-Bridge got to say. All, all of my favorite lines in this movie were the ones that Phoebe Waller-Bridge said. Yeah, so. And look what happens uh, to- Chris Markinson does uh, say that he doesn't remember the dice from the uh, first movies. Um, um, I mean, they're prominent. And now they're in, showing in, up in every movie. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're, they're prominent in, in uh, Last Jedi, of course, but. It is apparently just something that was part of the production design in one of the original, I guess, the original Star Wars, right? Yeah, there's yeah. a Star Wars card, Tom. That's just called Hans Dice, I believe. Oh, in the Decipher game. Yeah. Did you, you get think Decipher? I would remember yeah. that? Okay. Strayed. Okay. Sure. Hmm. Yeah. Fascinating. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's canon, of course. It's not like they just invented it, Dingus. They can't just invent stuff and, and then retroactively add it to the story. That makes no sense. But look how organic that was. You just have to notice it. And that was what was so great about old Star Wars was like, you'd, have, you'd go and see Star Wars again to look at Cantina Aliens oh. the first time because they're always just crowded the screen. Yeah, no, what was great about old Star Wars is it didn't care where the dice came from. Right. Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need a story. We don't need backstory about somebody's hat or dice or uh, alien corpses. We don't. We don't need all of that. If you explain that, you know what you're saying. You're going. Look how cool we used to be. 
And that's literally what you're thinking, what the audience is thinking. Right. When you're, you're saying you're our, really we used that. to have much more confidence in our storytelling. Right. Now we <laughs> and his mystique, his mystery was part of his awesomeness. And now – you know, it <laughs> meant all the directions they could have taken him. It meant yeah. so much to me in uh, Force Awakens when Harrison Ford is like, all of it, all of it's true. That was such a moving moment yeah. for me. And now this movie has has cheapened it, has diminished that awesome moment. He says uh, a line in Force Awakens too that I saw with my friend who likes Star Wars too much, and he he <laughs> laughed at this line. And we go, oh yeah, that's in it. Is when there there's a big fight on the Millennium Falcon, and the gangster goes to him. Oh, didn't you know those Parlugians uh, always screw you? And he's all, or no, he says something like, Parlugians sent you the thing. And he's like, you can't trust those little freaks. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that line? I really it's not it. in the Millennium Falcon. It's their Whatever, barge. <laughs> uh, in fact, I would say that the, the ship that that was on was, was a bit more like a, maybe a bus. Hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dingus, if, is, is there anything in a Star Wars movie that, that approximates a bus? Hmm. This movie, Solo, a Star Wars story, smells like <laughs> Public transportation. All right, yeah. Dingus, what kind of podcast are we doing next week? Tell the listeners. Those droid, those droid transports in Phantom Menace might be buses. Oh. Droid transports in Phantom I don't even – oh, oh no, the thing – I, I love Spice those racks. things. Those yeah. are kind of cool. No, I, I like the design of those. Every now and then there's there's like something from the prequels that has a cool design, and that's one of the very few things in the prequels that has a cool design. I know exactly what weird. you're talking about. Yeah, okay, they were like good. weird. They have a weird form factor. Yeah, dingus, you hit and, on it. Ooh, and they you know, rotate is that around, a, yeah. Is that a bus? Can I use that in a 3 by 3 Next week we are doing a 3 by 3 podcast. So next week we are talking about our favorite bus scenes in movies. Mm. And uh, – and you can send in your ideas for bus scenes in movies, your favorite buses in uh, movies, to 3 by 3 at quarter2three.com. That's 3x3 at quarter2three.com. And please send it in by next Sunday. And what, What's the date next Sunday? May 3rd, midnight Pacific time. June 4th. Uh, June, right, the other month, the month, the other month after May, right, June third, midnight. Get those to us, and we'll read them on the air and include the other woman's name month. And you don't have to send in three of them. You can send in one. You can send in two. Uh, We don't require a total three. If you just have one bus scene that you absolutely love, by all means, send it in to three x three at quarter three dot com. Also, since this is not one of Kelly Wands that he'll be reading, we don't need long, exhaustive anime. Uh, plot lines. Save those for when Kelly Wand announces his three by three. Definitely. I'm not doing those anymore. Yeah, you are. What? You're, you're contractually bound. <sighs> Just get Aaron Reich. <laughs> well, we're gonna get Ron Howard to do them. Actually, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see you guys get next it. week. I am Tom Chick. I've been here with Christian Marlowski. It's Christian Marlowski and Kelly Wand. Jira. Beside me, Spike Leasel. Yeah, that's what we did in Plantations. Make soup. I prefer that we be more capable and prepared. 
than lucky. Observation, reflection, faith, and determination. In this way, we may navigate the path as it unfolds before us. All right, and we have, what, eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to Aurigai 6? Is that a question, yes, sir? Yes, Walter, that's a question. That is correct. You done flirting? I'm still ready. Oh. Cheer up. <laughs>